Okay, so it's 6.57, and we're doing another night on the air. It's 6.57, and I don't know where you're listening or when you're listening or how you're listening, but there's many of you who are hanging out tonight, and I'm so grateful for it. It's been another very strong week. Never know how these weeks are going to turn out, but they usually end up doing better than I expected. A lot of great talks. Last night's show was a wonderful, wonderful change of pace. We did six degrees of separation, and uh, and we did restitution this week. So a, a lot of a lot of wonderful sidebar comments and and conversations. Very necessary to keeping keeping the flow going and keeping spirits up. So tonight should be another good chill out night. In that respect, it's May twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. I've got a bunch of interesting topics, but I've got an interesting guest here in studio too. So I, mean, I don't even know if we'll get get through all of them because it just might, the conversation just might take on a life of its own, which is always the best. So we'll talk about that. Zoso dude is in studio tonight, and I'll introduce him to everybody in just a couple of minutes because he's getting some of his stuff together and and uh, he's making another cross country trip in his motorcycle as you, many of you probably follow along his adventures on the road I think he took a, a different route here than he did two years ago I think he was going through a lot more desert then but now it's just been a little bit more green a little bit more rain and uh, yeah he came from the north and dropped out on us this time instead of coming upward so that's going on I want to thank my sponsor Secret Nature, Citrus Nature, SecretNatureCBD.com. There, there are very citrusy, um, citrusy uh, uh, strains of of cannabis that they have over there. Of course, all full spectrum CBD flower bred specifically in highly organic fashion to make sure that they are high in CBD and low in THC, so that they are legal in all 50 states and there for your your enjoyment. Whether you're using it before bed, whether you're using it after a nice workout, before you sit down and get some sun, it is tanning weather. That's right. That's right. Get your compassion up, ladies and gentlemen. Get your compassion levels up. Go get a tan. <laughs> the darker you get, the more compassionate you are. So let's get happier as the, sun, the summer goes on, shall we? Secret Nature CBD. 20% off if you use promo code FRANKLY. So... Thank you all so much for being wonderful patrons of our sponsors of the show directly. It's a, a real wonderful, wonderful thing doing all this work for you and with you all. All right. All right. So what do we have? Remember Memorial Day no show. I'll be live tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. I just don't know what we're going to talk about yet. We'll figure it out. Uh, we'll be back on May 31st, Rich Barris. And then uh, more. A lot of great stuff going on. So with that being said, let's just uh, let's jump into a little bit of what we have 
going on in the room. We have a friend I want to introduce you to if you haven't already seen him or heard him on quite frankly as a you know calls in just like everybody else but he also has his own show mystery ship hey zoso what's going on frank it is a pleasure to be here my man How's and you're wearing tonight? you're wearing one of my shirts in, indeed i am i have to seize the moment it's festive spread the name you know so try to, you try to grow your channel a little bit <laughs> no, i love it I, I need all the help i can get these days <laughs> but i love i love how um so we, we, we worked out a way for you to get over here, and you had some time to burn. I was, I was putting some last-minute notes together for, for a book club because I have to do that after we conclude here. And uh, I learned that you've already made fast friends with most of the people in the laundromat. <laughs> yes, uh, it's, although we're coming to most people from a hidden location, I met uh, below the studio there was a laundromat, and while I was down there, I had an hour to kill. I washed my laundry, and... Made a bunch of uh, new Guatemalan friends, Frank, and they were, I guess they were amazed at how well I spoke Spanish. I didn't so, know that you were bilingual. Uh, well, I mean, when you work with uh, many cultures, you, you pick up a little of this and a little of that. I, I, I wish, you know, being an Italian, I, I wish I knew as much Italian as I, as I know Spanish, but uh, well, these guys were, they were having a tremendous time speaking, just trying to speak English to me, and then when I laid some Spanish on them, they were like, Oh, this is great. You are a fine man. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll tell you, it's one of those things where I would really love whenever whenever my life comes to a conclusion. I, I hope that I can say that I was, I was uh, fluent in Italian when that day oh. comes. But let's be honest. It's not going to do you any favors speaking Italian in the United States. No. If you're going to speak one of the two, speak Spanish. You know what's funny is, um, you know, as a kid, when I would go to my grandmother's house, I'd listen to my dad and my uncles and my aunts and my grandmother just rattle it off and I asked my dad two things my so my last name is C-E-L-L-A it's you know for those who know better it's Cella yeah. but my dad always said Cella you're an American it's Cella <laughs> and he told me the reason he didn't teach me the family Italian was because they come from up in the hills outside of a little town called Chiavari. It's somewhere up by Genoa, I mm -hmm. guess. And uh, he said, Albert, it is, that's hillbilly Italian. And if you were to learn Italian, I'd want you to learn the real. So uh, maybe, he, maybe he did me a favor. It may be. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, uh, one thing that, that he did do is something that's not very unique, and that is a, a most most uh, people from that generation, they came here, and it was... No, listen, we're American now. They were proud to be American. We're an American now. We're speaking English, and, and that's that. I mean, that's, that's why most... The way it was done. Yeah. yeah, I had slang. I had some angry slang passed down to me. That was it. <laughs> that was it. I had nothing else. I wish it was more because... Because, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're all... We're a very patriotic family, but there's nothing wrong with speaking more than one language. No, not at all. Right. Especially if you're in some kind of an Indiana Jones situation, <laughs> there's some scribblings on a wall. I mean, you haven't you, you realize how many? That's just. Ah, I wish I spoke eight languages because I want to go on some kind of an adventure. I can decrypt something, and you know, I was on a uh, I was on a tour boat up in uh, Mississippi, and I took a uh, I don't know, it's one of those glacier cruises up in, into Alaska, and uh, I had been to Alaska before she hadn't. And I was speaking to a gentleman next to me who was from France. And uh, I don't speak any French, and he doesn't speak any English, but we both spoke bastardized Spanglish 
and uh, <laughs> we were able to converse with one another. It was great. It was great. You know, you, you bring up Mrs. Zoe. Um, what kind of permissions? What kind of permission do you have to seek to go? It's one thing. Hey, let's. I'm going out for uh, tonight with the boys. But you're going cross. You do these cross country trips, uh, streaming. Uh, it's it's a very uh, elaborate and well done uh, thing here. Is she just a fan of of your travels too? She is. You know. And why doesn't she want to go along? Is it just? It's a a, a number of things actually. So. This time, Miss, she would love to ride along. She right. would. And she has her own Harley. She can ride herself. Damn. Um, she is about to become a grandmother, so she takes her two weeks of vacation every week and spends them exclusively with her daughter when she comes up from L.A. So I understand that part. But on the flip side of it, let's say if she was just a stay-at-home lady. Mm-hmm. She believes in me. She believes in what it is I am doing. She wants to see me succeed at this and has said, you need to go do this. And, uh, dude, I am knock on wood, baby. I am the luckiest. That's sheetrock. Do the pain. Do the window. There you go. There no, you go. The window. Compl- yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's, you just got wood there. There, there might be some laugh in there. Right. <laughs> no, you got it. You, you corrected. That's wonderful, man. She's a great lady. Uh, dude, I, I knocked it out of the park on this grand slam on this one. This, we, uh, I am not screwing this up for love nor money. This is the best relationship I've ever had in my life. We've been together 10 years. And, uh, honey, if you're watching, I love you. See? There you go. Had, that is sweet as hell. <laughs> well, hey, we have that in common because Lauren is the same way. And, um, I mean, there's plenty of times before I started picking up momentum with viewership and all that stuff. I was already doing this for almost 10 years. And um, and she knew how much I loved it, and she knew how much I loved music. And, and it was just, and even though the clock was ticking, and we're like, oh, okay, how serious is this going to get? We're going to get married. We're going to make, you know, go attempt to make a family, whatever. So I knew it was shit or get off the pot, but she never put that pressure on me, and she just rooted for me the whole way and she's just wonderful if you don't mind i have a quick question for you that you guessed it on my show a mere i what two three weeks ago it was fairly recently and uh one thing i wanted to ask you i mean i noticed when we were coming up the stairs there i mean you're built like a brick shit house were you uh a, were you a personal trainer for people who was a while before before you became a full-time broadcaster oh yeah Is that what you were doing yeah yeah i was i was actually the last the last year i was personal training for to to pay bills was uh, around nine uh 2019 so and really wasn't that long ago it wasn't it wasn't that long ago well, and then i and it, when 20 I, I think by the end of 2019 is when i said to myself okay at that point, I had already said for a year, I'm not taking on any more clients. But whatever I had, I said, I'm going to ride them out for as long as they want because we had already become good friends. You make, you make a lot of just good – you just start becoming personally invested oh, in people. Yeah. So at that time, I had, I had a few retirees that were working out with me. I knew that they'd be here in the spring and summer. They'd be in Florida in, in October. To, to, uh, and, and I'd say, okay, well, for as long as they're, they're keeping up, I'll be there for them. But other than that, when 2020 hit – and of course, we all got hit. I was the happiest guy on earth. I was no longer working at gyms, and because every, I, I, it would have been it. That, there, there's your deciding factor, right? Good for you, man. Well, it was just luck. God works in mysterious ways. Yes. Yeah, no absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. But I, I mean, th- th- yeah, th- that's you. Th- how, how exhausting is it? Phys- speaking of physicality. You're sitting in a uh, motorcycle. You're going thousands of miles. Obviously, you have a lot to distract yourself with because you're in a lot more uncontrolled condition than you are in a car cabin. 
you know you get hit in the face with bugs and all that other stuff so uh, how do you how does it take a toll on you physically long journeys like this you know uh the bike i have is made specifically for touring it is a it's they've made it as ergonomically perfect as as you could ever i, I want to watch you ride it down the block here for, and show my people you're riding it later me um, yeah. I, you don't want me riding a motorcycle for the first time down this street no way <laughs> but uh it it has an extremely comfortable seat you they're real it's not it is not taxing on you it is a matter of can you stay awake um you know i i take breaks i stretch my legs i you know being a poster child for mesothelioma I, uh, I take a lot of cigarette breaks and mm -hmm. uh, I you know if I find an excuse here gas fill-ups and stuff uh, it's not it's not uh, troublesome at all to me personally and I know a lot of writers who do the same thing I also know a ton of writers who wouldn't even attempt to I wouldn't even try to do what I'm doing. I mean, it's it's not for the faint of heart, but uh, it, it is a lot of fun. Well, as I was talking to you before, you know, we were texting a little bit, and I said, hey, you know, uh, we were supposed to get rain all day today. It didn't happen, we're, but we're going to get wallop tonight and into the night. So I don't know. I, I, how does do you, when it is there a certain level during a rainstorm that you say I got to pull over, and where do you look for overpass or what? Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, you'll. I brought a little something something for us to look at and you'll see there's there was a moment where uh, yeah when if it just gets you know blinding uh, I, I look for an overpass or, or an awning I was in uh, not this trip but my last trip uh, two years ago I was in North Carolina and I'm from Oregon where it rains you know three out of seven days a week but I have never seen rain like in South Carolina, and I, I pulled into some guy's awning. I, he had a truck there, and I just squeezed alongside it. Oh, it was hammering. I mean, it, you would, it would look like you fell in a swimming pool. So, yeah, there is a point where you just say, I can't do this anymore. But I, I honestly, I, I, when you ride and you get wet, it comes off your leathers. It doesn't get, it doesn't saturate you. Mm. Uh, it you dry off and you'd be surprised to I saw you had your chaps on over there <laughs> yeah I uh are, are they is it I didn't I mean I like it came in almost like you could have rode in on a horse <laughs> those assless chaps it would have been perfect for what was the night before last the uh, the guns and whatever your the name of your title of your show the cowgirl uh, save a cowboy or ride yes, a cowgirl or yes. whatever oh yeah we'll, we'll ride ride cowgirls that's fine too B bmg kate said do i need to wear my chaps to the to the studio <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna start wearing chaps and i'm just driving in a car i get out of the car and chaps i'm like what the hell's going on here Oh my! Wear, wear them to your next gig. You'll be amazed. Yeah, there you go. Next week, next week in Queens, I'll show up in chaps. I'll never come home. You have a gig next week? Yeah. Oh, damn, I wish I had timed this a little differently. I'd love to come to one of your shows. Oh, yeah, that would have been fun to have oh, you. Oh, man. No, it's a, hey, listen, hey, this is, first of all, I didn't know when you were going to, I, I know you said I would love to come by the studio this this uh, this year, and you had made a comment about how you would love to have timed it for any kind of a visit that King makes. And I, I, I'm thinking, okay, well, then maybe we can work something out for the fall. And then all of a sudden, I get word that you're coming through like two weeks later. I'm like, oh, I can't. What the it, hell am I going to do with this? It, it got thrust upon me. I wasn't planning on coming right now. Right. Um, it just worked the way it worked out at my work. I finished a large project, handed them the keys. I was supposed to go start another one based upon 
that superintendent starting another project well that other project got delayed and and I said well you know I, w- I was gonna look some for some extended time off they said go right now go right this second and I'm like well went home to mrs. Zoe and said honey uh, we know it's Friday night but I'm leaving on Monday and so that's uh that's how great a woman I got. She goes, go. Now, go, baby, now go. that's that's tremendous. So, you know, in youth this time, I mean, it, you know what? Let's start the show because I want to talk about your route, and then we'll just get into other stuff because oh, yeah. we can go anywhere. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please share the show far and wide, whether you're listening to it live or on demand. We will be right back, and I am uh, I'm looking forward to more time over here with Zoso Dude. Here we go. You tune in at your own enjoyment because it is the best show since the beginning of time. It has technological advancements and a more sophisticated approach. But like every great awakening that has preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is a friend and truth is essential. You are now entering, quite frankly. Now take off your pants. And jacket. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! So, what do you think about this remix? Listen to this. I know you guys, you know these guys personally. Is that really the boys right there? Yeah, and here we go. That's very different. Nice little, nice little uh, synth-wavy version of Master of Puppets. I love this one. Yeah, uh, I mean, vastly different than the the angst that was in it in the '80s. I mean, dude, the '80s were uh, they were a remarkable time. Uh, I I lived, ate, and breathed heavy metal. That was my my dream. Was I played in a band called Doctor Slaughter, and we. Dr. Slaughter. That was the name of my group. Yeah. That's awesome. We were, I love that. We were uh, <laughs> pr- pretty hardcore, uh, hardcore metal. And uh, those guys, f- the thing about L.A., uh, you're either connected or you're not connected. Right. I was very, very fortunate. All during the 80s, I worked for a television program that uh, 
It was an entertainment news show, Entertainment Tonight. It's still on the air today, but it is nothing like the show I worked for 40 years ago. Right. So since we reported on, you know, entertainment news, movies, uh, whatever, we got to know, you know, if you wanted, if I don't care who you're talking about, you know, and any music star we had contacts at every record company and we would scratch their back by throwing their stars on our program promoting their people and then as a thank you i could simply call up and say hey uh white snake's gonna be here in la next week can i get four tickets and four backstage passes dude you're in done you know i mean it was it was wonderful oh wow that does sound that sounds like just such a comfortable wonderful that's just great dude somebody pinch me i mean i lived the life of 10 men and and then once you do it dude i went to concerts like people go to movies or i don't know like what about white lion forget all white snake give me white lion i'm sorry white lion is so cheesy i can't take it i can't every time a white lion song comes on sirius xm i laugh the whole way through gonna say i never uh Never did see them. Uh, when the children some... cry. I can't stand that song. Uh, it's, do, you ever, you, do you remember Kingdom Come? Yeah. Okay. They yeah. were, somehow they got, like, uh, I don't know. Somebody tried to link them to Zeppelin. Oh, they have a Zeppelin-esque sort of sound. And I'm like, no. And uh, they were, those guys were, they were playing at a, a multiple, multiple band show they were you know one of the early bands and right. uh, uh, later on we were hanging out backstage and uh, I just happened to wear my 1977 Zeppelin tour shirt to the to the show and it was you know 10 years later these guys were amazed that I I still have the genuine article is that is that real man Fucking hey, what are you talking about? You of know, course it's real. The, the, when we when we started going out to, I mean, there was like five years in a row we were going out to Los Angeles, the Anaheim area, because we were going to either shoot some stuff with the band at this YouTube space. There was a, I, it, it was actually this this show that Mickey Willis was directing, Mickey Willis from the Plandemic series. Uh, that's how we met him years ago, like in 2014 or 15. Then we went like three or four consecutive years in a row for the NAM convention. You ever been to the NAM convention? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're probably there on the first year it started. Uh, <laughs> but, well, you know, when we went out there, that was the first time, I think around 2014 or 15, his first time I said, listen, I need to lay eyes on the Viper Room and the, and the, and the whiskey. So, and when I went there to the, both these places, I'm saying to myself, man, I just... I wish I could transport myself. Tell me about those places in their prime. Oh, my God. The Viper Room, the Whiskey A Go-Go. Just tell me about those places in their prime. So, uh, first of all, I have to set it up. I lived on uh, North Sweetser Avenue, which is a it's a hill. It's a $2.20 cab ride from the front door of the Rainbow. Um, right, right there you had... Uh, I mean, everything's, all the names are changed now. The Viper Room's gone. The, it's all, they're all under That must new have management. been recent then. Because um, it was still the Viper Room when I was there. Dude, it was the Viper Room many, many years ago. And then it changed to something else. And, and somebody came in, along oh, so and the, finally in, in said. In name only then. Right. And, okay, I get Oh, it. we're going to rename it and go back to the good old day. You know, I mean. Uh, gotcha. So you had uh, uh, 
boy, I'm drawing a, a little bit of a blank. Um, there were so many great clubs, right? The, the Whiskey, uh, you, walking distance from there, you had Gazzari's, which was a, to talk about a, you had to carry your amps up a set of stairs, a hundred, oh my God, it was all pain in the ass. Uh, but dude, those were, yeah, to go, you could just walk from club to club to club. You don't like the band here one night. I mean, it did cost you 30 bucks to get in, but you just walk down the street to go see a different show, you know? Mm. And sometimes our nights would consist of going to the Whiskey to see our friend's band there and then running up the street to the Roxy because you had, uh, you know, thanks to the kind of connections I mentioned to you, there were times when I, I would see groups like Blue Oyster Cult in a Frank in a room this big, uh, because P- they were playing in a room this big or just chilling. They were they were billed that night as Soft White Underbelly, their original name. So unless you knew when you saw the marquee and it said Soft White Underbelly, unless it clicked, you know those got, tickets were gone. I saw just before I left LA, I took my old lady to see Bon Jovi at uh, the Roxy, which was, I mean that those I could have sold that ticket. I bought two tickets. I could have sold them for 500 bucks each to wow. the raving maniacs outside. But, dude, those were, uh, the 80s were some great days. But as far as having fun goes on the Sunset Strip, the Rainbow Bar and Grill was the hang. I, dude, I, I went to the 25th anniversary party there. John Entwistle of The Who was so wild he (laughs) stood up on top of the one of the tables right in the center of the whole room drops his drawers and he was a big dude i mean he was six five maybe uh yeah um ladies taking on all comers just a wild man my Uh, gosh you used to walk in there and just if if you cared to buy him a whiskey or two, Lemmy would sit there and, and talk your ear off all night. I ha- now, I have friends with some Lemmy stories. Obviously, he was very yeah. old at that point. Um, it, not in the 80s, he wasn't. No, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. And that's, yeah. he must have been a, a machine a machine back then. But damn, I that's... Yeah, I, I live vicariously through guys like you when it comes to those stories. Because you know something, Zoe? Uh, when we were when we were growing up, when we were in high school and getting ready to go into our, those college years, and we were playing in our metal bands and all that stuff, uh, we we were grasping at a at this idea of rock stardom that was already gone, and we didn't know we didn't know it yet, and and it's now it's just. To think about a time like that where you have, like, titans that roamed the earth and they were, you know, the rock... I mean, maybe maybe a lot of them were douchebags when you got to know them, but still, it was just the, the atmosphere. We were already out of those days and we didn't know it. We just wanted it to be a part of it. You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of sad, really. Uh, it's it's happened to everything. I mean, to sports, to, to rock music. Um, yeah, there was a time when... As a kid in a California garage in the 70s, me and my buddies practiced our asses off. And, uh, you know, it's nice to say that, you know, the guy who, one of the guys who played in my band is now the touring drummer for Pat Benatar. And another guy I know is, you know, this guy and that guy. And my friend's older brother became the lead singer of a group called uh, Love Hate. And so it's great when people you actually personally know and played with see some level of uh, success it's wonderful but uh those were the days you aspired to 
to <laughs> live a, a hedonistic life of nonstop partying and and I mean I've I've seen that stuff go down uh, nowadays I mean kids can re- release an album they recorded on garage band on their little tape tape recorder at home you know and uh, and and gets some success isn't radiohead releasing all their stuff on their own I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way i was talking to anthony about it my brother yeah. and we were talking about what's going on like especially the last maybe nine years or so on soundcloud a lot of these so-called soundcloud rappers and whatnot the, the music sucks the, the, the music sucks, but I will say I always give them credit where credit is due, and it is the, the fact that it is still enormous. It is punk in its in the sense that they will they will uh, they will record maybe a minute twenty seven seconds worth of it, it'll be a song, but it's like a fragment. Uh, it would be considered for us a fragment of a song. Okay. Maybe they hit something that could be considered a chorus, a bridge, a verse, whatever. But it's like a fragment of a song. They they uh, they put it together in very shoddy ways. They don't care too much about the production value, but they put it up, and it's just this thing that goes viral, and people get it, and they love it. And I think that that in itself is is uh, is uh, I can commend them on that. That is punk. You know, the not caring and doing it so independent and have that just catch on. Now, the the music, I believe, is trash. <laughs> but I think that the delivery system is punk. And I, and I, I can get down with that. What was... Uh it was so amazing. Like in 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 my day, in, in my prime, I'm 26, 27, 28. I've got probably the best band I've ever had in my whole life, and this it's it. This is it. Sink or swim. I said to myself, dude, if you're not signed by the time you're 30, it's all over. And I actually cashed in my chips at 29. But the way it worked back then was. You rehearse your ass off. You paid through the nose at some little rehearsal studio where you stored your stuff, and you guys you rehearsed three nights a week to get as sharp as you could. Then you would strike a deal with a local promoter. There'd be five bands in one night, and depending on how much money you slipped him personally, that puts you in. You know, you want the ideal place to be was not actually the last band of the night, the night the band before the fourth act. You yes, know? and you paid. A thousand dollars. You paid them a thousand dollars to play. You got a hundred tickets. And the thing is, if you sold your tickets, you could get your money back because it's ten dollars at the door, but it's fifteen dollars at the door night of the show. So you can sell your tickets to your friends at a reduced rate. Nobody sold their tickets. You give them. You mail them to this rock critic. And there were so many underground rock magazines back then. And, and and uh, I mean, you know, big time rock, Rip Magazine. You sent free tickets to all of the all of the critics, just begging them to come. And you you just prayed that somebody might like like one song and just say, "Hey, b- bring me a tape." And if that ever happened, you had to again shell out of pocket. I can't tell you how many times Frank, my band, recorded. You know, you you no, they were only going to listen to it one time and thing was going in the trash can. Oh, oh listen, I, hey, you, I can't tell you. That, that was still a thing for us. Like, when we were, when me and Anthony were playing in our uh, our, medi, our our hardcore band, uh, you want to know what the, the name of the band was? What? Rot in Pain. 
because uh, we were entering, we we entered into a high school. We needed a name for a high school battle of the bands, and we're like, all right, well, let's screw around with the with the acronym RIP, and we said rot in pain. <laughs> it's uh, but listen, we had we, we we went hard. It was it was a lot of fun, but when we when it came down to getting shows, especially at the the chance in Poughkeepsie, New York. At the Chance up there, we never got to play the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, but at the Chance, we, we got cozy with a lot, of, a lot of the people there, so we were, we were given shows like with Soulfly and Hatebreed and, oh. and Strapping Young Lad and Most Precious Blood and uh, uh, a couple other New York hard, hardcore bands uh, with, with a few other ones that we were, we were doing. Um, uh, anyway, um, so we did a lot of stuff up there, but every time it's like all right well you got a uh, 100 tickets uh you have to sell you got it we literally everybody 200 each let's go yeah. and we and it's the whole band we just bought our way onto stages because you have to and you, we'll, we'll worry about getting asses inside the theater afterwards we got to get in front of people that never seen us before so they yeah. say pay, they say pay to play is illegal it's the only way that's the only way it ever happened and uh you know i don't know what it was like for you but with with my band uh the night of the show. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. The bass player. Dude, all I got is 50 bucks. The drummer. Dude, I don't have a nickel, man. Nothing. And the singer, oh, I got 100 bucks. You know, so to, you're looking at the guy who paid for everything. Yeah. Yeah. A, a show after show after. Yeah. Uh, and you got to do a lot of things to get that money. I've got a, I got a lot of good memories for it. Uh, you know, one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm giving away free shirts on my show, you know? Yeah. So, well, back then, I, as a kid, I had a job at a, a, a sign shop, and we silkscreened real estate signs. Well, the bright idea came that, oh, my God, I can I can silkscreen shirts. So we threw away free shirts at every concert. And, you know, it was neat to see somebody walking down the street one day with one of your shirts. It was, we did anything we could to get our names. These were the days when there was no Internet, okay? You... you you, you went and posted your your eight and a half by eleven on a phone pole on top of six hundred other ones, and it was going to get covered up in twenty four hours by somebody else. You know. I know. I know. Trying to stay on top of the sticker pile is ridiculous, <sighs> especially in the bathroom. It's just what's the point? It's just wallpaper. <laughs> That's what it. Was. It's just wallpaper. <laughs> um, you know, I actually have a I'm, I have an old music video for our band on this computer somewhere. Uh, it's not. It's nothing that uh, a great many people watching right now would actually care about. But the music video was just a compilation of all of our live footage and things that we did. You just see all the fun, the fun we used to have. What was the other thing you brought up? You're talking about the selling tickets, and then there was something else that I I remember, and I was uh, thinking about. Um, damn, I now I forget. But hell, I, so when did when did you first get into your first motorcycle? So as a kid, I uh, bought one at, I think, 15 years old. My, I had a, a good friend who had a garage full, and he said he was going to sell one, and I said, what do you want for it? And he made me an attractive offer, and I brought it home, and it was great because I, my dad comes home that night and, you know, opens up the garage door, goes to park his car in there, and there's a motorcycle. Boys, I told you, no motorcycles in this house. And uh, so I convinced him. I go, Dad, look. It's a Honda SL70. It's five horsepower. You see that lawnmower you got? Five horsepower. You see that mini bike you bought me when we were 10? Five horsepower, Dad. I'm it's not a moped. Gonna... And so 
that Saturday morning, I was so excited. I get up early. I go downstairs. I whip open the garage door, and the bike's gone. And I run in. I go, Mom, where's where, where's my motorcycle? Oh, your your father took it for a ride. He was gone all day. He came home about five in the afternoon. He had a wonderful day. And I, you know, sat pacing the floor, wondering if I was ever going to see it again. That just led to bigger bike and bigger bike and bigger bike. Uh, the this is this is my first Harley. I've had it about, God, it's hard to believe, about eight years now. So is this your favorite so far? Or is there one that uh, just hands down hands? I mean, I love this thing. I I will say the building I just finished for my client was a brand new Harley Davidson dealer, and uh, they love me and have said, "Take your pick. We're going to give you dealer cost on whatever bike you want." So. When I get back, I mean, the newer bikes do have... My bike's 17 years old. They have some very nice creature comfort features these days that uh, I kind of wish I was taking advantage of right now on this trip. Do they have a toilet? <laughs> like, can you sit on the... They, they should do something where they actually have, like, a potty a potty seat where you can just you know, be riding and taking a shit at the same time. So, so <laughs> you you had me in stitches the other night. You're... Uh, Monday Monday show mm-hmm. when you shared the story about you and Lauren leaving a restaurant and oh. you had to, you were doubled over in the car horrible, horrible dude that was the day after I experienced an identical situation I was out in the middle of absolutely nowhere <laughs> and I, and it's snowing and sleeting and man I, I am I just know I'm going to die somewhere and I, I'm like I'm like praying I'm like I, there's nowhere to pull over there's it was not, part it was part of this trip there, though yes okay so see this is what I'm talking about oh, you, you took a completely different route this time because because yeah. now you're going through a part of the country where it's still getting snow and sleet where was that Montana Montana all I, right I went up through uh, Idaho I went to Boise then I went up and saw one of our foxhole guys salty nuts up at his place in uh, outside Coeur d'Alene and then yeah, I went all the way through Montana. Spent way too much time in Montana because of the snow. I got turned back, and I wanted to go to Devil's Tower. There was six inches of snow on the road. I had to go the long way. But uh, I, dude, I, I you have to go into over the woods? and spent $100 just to have a hotel room just so I could go to the bathroom. Okay, wow. that's how bad. Yeah, when you're out on that lonely road, dude, we should... We should play that little video I made for you. That oh, might okay. that might be something to you got it. share with the. All right, it, so this is a day in the life of a motorcycle rider. Okay, so let's get this right here, uh, and this is from, ladies and gentlemen, this is from Zoso's YouTube channel, and that is Zoso Dude seventy seven. And you, you see right here, there he is. All right, so this is a special for quite frankly. Yes, no one has seen it. I shot this and I gathered it specifically for your audience. All right, let's see. Let's see what's going on here. Well, I'm I'm taking this from the hotel. This is uh, this is lotion. My, oh, I see the shit all over the bed. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> producer tells me I'm getting windburn and I need to protect my alabaster skin. <laughs> so. Yeah, you are looking pretty rosy. That's Abe. Abe, go, dude. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I'm taking this and I'm going to put it in my my shaving kit. Oh my God! I'm in my boxers. I'm <laughs> good thing. Good thing you have ready. my. Uh, Thank you. I'm placed where I am on your screen. <laughs> amazing people who have made this journey possible for me, and uh, I freaking love you all. I love you all. 
Well, this is interesting. The ice machine, huh? There it is. Oh. Well, nowadays, I guess they have a community microwave cleverly hidden in a place where you'll never find it in the hotel. Yeah, no microwave in your room anymore. There's I was one say, in the whole hotel. Why is that? Po well, what are you talking about? There's not a microwave in each room? No. And this is a nice place. I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, you know, how many people sleep in those rooms anyway? <laughs> so it's always a communal microwave. Coffee. Because the coffee is ice cold. What's this world coming to? Where'd you get the coffee that was ice cold? So out in the lobby, they had two of those pumper things, you know, for coffee. Yeah. And so the coffee's free, but you pump it in there and it's freaking ice cold. So I go to my room, just stick it in my microwave, and I look around and there isn't one. Uh. So I go to the front desk, go, dude, you have a microwave here? Well, there's one over by the ice machine. And I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. That's and the ice machine is where everybody takes a shower. So here we go. They stick their stick their their feet in there after a long day. Here we go. So so dude taking the plunge here at Niagara Falls. Oh, so this is you at Niagara Falls now. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Beautiful. What are you looking at? <laughs> I wanted to show you the falls, but I missed. Don't worry. It's all downhill from here. Wow. Wow, sometimes you just gotta sometimes you just gotta stop and smell the lilacs. I was gonna say that's a lilac bush. I oh, love lilacs. Man. One of those trees can make an entire one acre property smell so sweet. I've got like seven of them old growth at my house. I mean they're as big around as a the business end of a baseball bat. Things fantastic. Gorgeous. Oh man. Yeah, I'd say this is what we call... Ooh! <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> That's the way I'm going. That's the storm, so you're going toward the storm. Yeah, that was, yeah, th two days ago. I just don't let everybody everybody in podcast land know what we're looking at. Oh, yeah. So now, where, where is this? You said this is, this is in this New York? Was, uh, so I was, uh, at this point, I am... I'm in New York. I was heading upstate. I was probably, I had just entered New York from, um, I came over like by Cleveland up around that way, around, what is that, Erie, like Erie? I, I snuck up towards Buffalo. So this is between Buffalo and, or on the, on the way to Buffalo. Okay. Riders on the storm. Yeah, it doesn't look too bad that way, but when you turn and go this way... Looking mighty dark! Somebody's gonna get a bath! Ah, <laughs> uh, there you under, are under the, uh, the... The overpass, there you go, waiting it out. <laughs> like, like Helen Hunt. In Twister. <laughs> it really is. I don't mind rain. Rain's not that bad. It's when you're cold and it's raining at the same time. That's 
That's screwed. And look at this. Family just having fun bike riding together. I love it. <laughs> so that's that's great. So so what I'm doing on this trip, uh, the last trip, was centered around the election. I wanted to see firsthand if it was Trump country or if it was Biden country, because that's what they were telling us is that Biden was running away with it. And I found out, hands down, it was Trump country. No, no question. This time around, I'm enjoying the scenery a bit more, and I'm looking at the little pieces of Americana. I have noticed, I have learned so much on this trip, and I'm I'm not even halfway through yet. Um, you, you know how we like to make fun of like the masked people, people still wearing masks. Yes. All right. Yes. So I found out something very unusual. I was staying at a... One thing I do like about New York State is when you're going up and down the freeways, you have those... You don't have to get off the freeway. You have gas stations and little food centers every so many miles so that you just... It's, it's very intelligent. I wish other communities would do the same and it's wonderful for a rider but mm -hmm. uh it gave me some time to sit and people watch while i got a bite to eat and got some you know and uh the one thing i've noticed is that all of the non-mask wearing people do the same thing i do when they see people with masks on they just just kind of shake their palm their face and shake you know there's a whole lot of that going on but i did notice that masked people talk to one another it's like their own little sect it's like, like oh, they good. go up to each other and they'll, they'll actually go out of their way to go across the room and talk to another person with a mask on like they're yeah. their own it's yeah so you can walk up so so is that the new n96 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i got picked it up last night it's a prototype you know they're they're, they're getting better these things <laughs> birds of a feather flock together it is it i I'm really enjoying the people watching this. And then, like, uh, I'm seeing some things. Thanks to my GPS making some really horrific mistakes. It will it will send me places to save a quarter of a mile. Instead of leaving me on the main freeway, it'll send me off on, like, Route 77. And the next thing I know, I'm in Michigan somewhere. And then I find my way back. on. And, but in Indiana, I ended up somehow get on these back roads it's the first time in my life i ever saw amish people and uh i i had my camera out and i i accidentally i don't know i screwed up the zoom you were when i showed it all you saw was the bottom of the horse's hooves but i'd never seen amish just driving down one guy going this way one guy going there you know i i killed my i squeezed my clutch so my my motor was i didn't want to scare the horses but it was really neat to just see i am seeing pieces of america that the average joe just doesn't get to see I, I, it, and it's these it. it's these converse these uh little trips that you go on these are the ones i always think would probably be the most enlightening um and obviously you you can see how you know we're how tightly packed together we are over here and this is a supposed village <laughs> Okay, this is a village with like 75,000 people in it. <laughs> Only 30,000 are accounted for by the census. But, um, but you know, I, I always think about that. The small towns in Indiana, uh, it, upstate New York and western New York. I mean, New York State gets a really bad rap because of the armpit in the southeast. It gets a really bad rap. But New York is very sane, 
uh, outside of you know Westchester Putnam counties it gets very sane very uh, independent very beautiful I oh mean geographically gosh. gorgeous and um, and and I just think about those small towns and the a lot of towns that still have identity and still have a lot of pride and so, so yeah when you when you think of big state and I mean New York is a perfect example uh, exactly what you said on my way to Cooperstown I went to the Baseball Hall of Fame earlier today and uh, it was wonderful I met a EO2 Dave, one of our everybody knows EO2 Dave. He met me there. He surprised me. I show up, I show up at the Baseball Hall of Fame, and they're like, "Did you find some guy in a white van?" And I'm like, "No." Oh, he's looking for you. You know, I mean, he already had him staked out looking for me. When you see this biker guy walking down the road, please let him know that I'm here. It's was, it was great. <laughs> but to get there, I'm going down a. It's called Route 28, and it takes you by this. This gorgeous lake in upstate New York. Uh, I went through a little town called Exeter. Have you ever even heard of this town? No. I could live there in a heartbeat. It was, it was amazing. Just these gorgeous old farm homes. I saw. I took. I. I cannot wait to edit my next video because I've seen farms with silos. I mean, they don't use silos anymore. I've seen some great old stuff, real. I feel like a modern-day Norman Rockwell with uh, doing my videos. I'm doing a video version of what he painted. I'm having the time of my freaking life. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do this forever this is uh, you, you know i i want uh i want so badly to go back up to, to cooperstown too and i've been there a couple of times but in, in no time i think later than 1999 oh wow and okay. but yeah. I, I remember eating at mickey's place and uh and and whatever we we took a, we we were able to take home a menu from there and laminate it <laughs> and we it was just so much fun i remember uh, you know that that week that we were there pete rose was was hanging out and okay. walking around and i know you're a big baseball guy Oh, dude. So that must have been good. You walked through the actual museum? Uh, oh, yes. Oh, my. I, dude, I I had to pry myself away. I could have... Because that'll take I an entire... For a baseball fan, that'll that'll, that'll take an entire no, day from you. For, I, I, I could spend a week there, seriously, because there's so much cool stuff there from from baseballs that... The, they got a baseball that... So when I was a kid, Mickey Mantle... I grew up in Jersey, okay? My dad, in his top drawer, he had a baseball that was a home run hit by the Yankee Clipper, and every time you talked about baseball, he would run upstairs to his dresser and whip that ball out and throw it. I mean, so I grew up a Yankee fan, and when Yankee, when Mantle retired, I had to, I had to pick another new favorite player. So I mean, I dude, everything. But I went in there today, and there was Mantle and his. There was a one particular ball he hit out of a stadium and it was supposedly the first in Griffin, tape run Griffin's in, Park r- right yeah 565 feet 565 um, I, I, I I remember that shit oh. and I wasn't you know, I was born decades later <laughs> but, I, I, but I learned it 500 Griffin's Park down in what that's uh, like Washington DC that Baltimore area yeah yeah that's where the senators play so you know I when I was traveling for I used to travel in construction quite a bit. I've worked in, I can't tell you how many states, uh, half of half of the states. And we would go out of our way to go to baseball stadiums, you know. And, uh, uh, oh, my God. I, What's the coziest we, one you've been to? So the 
the, the, I saw a home. And it doesn't. And it doesn't have to be MLB. It can no, be no, no. little small town stadiums. Oh, no, no, no. But my favorite is I saw a home run hit in Arizona into the swimming pool of the right in the right field stands. If you're if you're one of the uber rich people out there, you can buy this box that has a swimming pool in it out in right field at the at the Arizona. What? I'd be I'd be too embarrassed to go into it. I know it's just, that's crazy, but uh, I, um, oh man, I went to I went to a lot of the parks that don't that aren't there anymore. You know, I mean, I I love the fact that you know my first game was at the house house that Ruth built, and uh, it's not there anymore. And uh, uh, oh man, I went to the old uh, oh god, I'm thinking back to the good old days. Boob Powell, dude, baseball is such a Unlike football, it, there's something about the game of baseball that is so uniquely American. That's what uh, going to that field today. Uh, just double day I, field. Uh, yes, if you if you haven't been to the Baseball Hall of Fame, take your children. Go up there. This is one of the most beautiful pieces of history you're ever going to come across, and it is. It changes all the time. I love it. I, I mean, I've. To see Mantle's ball, and the ball and the bat are right there. You know, Babe Ruth's that that famous iconic every, everybody's picture of him cleats standing with that his hat yeah. in his last day. They've got the uniform standing, and they've got it set up like he's. Oh man, it's. I loved it. I know. I, I know. Spent forever there. And, and and you know, there's hidden gems all over the place, and there's oh. a lot of weird. I, like for example, I I was wondering um, maybe about two weeks ago when I did the folklore, the local folklore thread on the show. Yeah. I was thinking to myself. I said, I know at some point Zoso dude is running through, and he's he's got to have his own stories about things he might have learned of of small towns. You know, cool uh. cool little things, creepy things. Like uh, you know, what, what are some of the creepiest things that you've seen during your travels alone? Especially like if you're driving through a desert at night and oh, what like what? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I I I love stuff like that. The the chupacabra legends and all that kind of stuff. I'll tell you a funny story. I uh, uh, I mean, I haven't seen like on on my motorcycle. I've made two trips, but I do. I have traveled extensively across this country, driven it, uh, vacationed in it. Um, we I took my. When my kids were young, we went to San Francisco, and there is a famous haunted hotel there. It is, I believe it is called The Manor. Anyway, uh, they, there's all kinds of, when you walk in the front, just there's like pictures all you have all over here. It's all spirits and stuff that people have photographed in the hotel. It's the real deal. So uh, I was joking. I was joking with my old lady at the time, and... Uh, I said, spirits, if you're here, I defy, I dare you, come and get us. In the minute I said that, you know those 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 pull down shades that yeah. you you click down and they they go up and dude no, it just did it all by itself. And then later that night there was a uh, down on the front at in the front lobby there was a piano and there was a head sitting on this platter. Well, to scare my old lady, I I. I knocked on the door. I brought it upstairs. I knocked on the door, and I, I just kind of held it there. So when she opened the door, all she could see was the head on the platter. It made my kids scream, and then 
the lights went out when I did that. All the lights went out in the room. And uh, now you were there for a tour, or it, you were actually no, we sitting? Were, we spent the night there. What we, the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> and the fir- and the, you're going to spend the night there, and the first thing you do is challenge the spirits that are haunting it. <laughs> I'm, uh, dude. I grew up watching horror movies. Am I? That's that was my brother and I were just. Twisted little kids. What can I say? Man. We, we loved the Twilight Zone and all. Unlike yeah, how'd you how'd you sleep? Uh, great, like a baby, like a baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm on my way. Uh, I don't know how many old Twilight Zone fans there are out there. I'm sure I know your audience. I know who they are. I stayed in a little town, and I when I saw the name of the town, I had to stay there. It was called Willoughby. You ever watch the Twilight Zone? The old yeah. Rod Serling ones. Yeah. So there's this wonderful uh, Rod Serling wrote these great little stories but there's a story about a man who's he's got a, a miserable job it's a grind job and he's on the board of directors and his boss is it's a push 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 world you gotta you know and so every night he rides home on the commuter train and he falls asleep and he dreams of this 1890s town called Willoughby so I saw the side for Willoughby and I stayed there and at the the end of course of the of the Twilight Zone episode he uh He's on the train, and apparently he got off of the train, and, and they're all standing around. There's his dead body. They're putting it on the gurney, and they load it in the ambulance, and when they close the door to the ambulance, it says Willoughby Ambulance Company. Yep. <laughs> now, I, I, well, like you said, fantastic writing. Oh, yeah. It yeah. always hits the mark. Oh, if that and, was... And have you listened to... Have you ever gone into any of Rod Serling's um, uh, speeches, like whenever he would go to UCLA in the 70s or 60s or before he... Obviously, years before he died. I could listen to him addressing crowds, especially young people, young writers, some of the best speeches. I, I recently learned something, that before The Twilight Zone... He was producing like these hour and a half long movies. Hmm. I just watched a couple. I was I sent them to my brother. I'm like, did you even know about this? It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I wish, I wish people wrote. I wish we had the kind of minds today that, first of all, even thought that way. Just think that far outside the box. Uh, tele- television today is garbage. I'm sorry, it is garbage. That's why Netflix is taking everything is. Ta- there's no imagination anymore. It's deep, done. deep thinking, and it doesn't even matter what what's going on there because obviously you look at a lot of the the masterpieces that were created. For example, George Carlin. Everybody, oh. I, I, you, you, it's you. You hear more often than not. Oh, I, I would love to hear what Carlin would have to say about all this. But you know, people forget uh, he probably would not have had a good, a nice thing to say about Donald Trump. He would have he would have pissed off all all of uh, all the religious people oh, out yeah. there. But at the yeah. same time, he would have been a an ally in the fight against uh, censorship of any kind. He would be Amen. going he would be going after corporate fascism, no matter who was pushing it. So I mean, he, you forget about that kind of stuff. But that's the whole point here. Um, we kind of we kind of uh, it's not so much that people from bygone eras would have ever pleased us all the time. The fact was that we were chal- we were uh, challenged by people like Rod Serling and George oh. Carlin, who obviously don't know everything and aren't always right, but they were at least challenging you, challenging you to think deeper. Absolutely. Deep thinking is the problem. It's not necessarily how perfect and head-on somebody draws conclusions. No. 
and 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 we we got so we're so fucking superficial. Somebody's got to break away from the formulaic garbage that is carbon copied over. We we're so bored with stuff. We're they're making movies of old '60s TV shows for God's sake. How it's just uh, you know when you bring up comics, you brought up Carlin. It reminded me of a story. I uh, I was dating a stripper uh, in Hollywood in my twenties, and she goes. Hey, do you want to go to the want to go to the uh, comedy store tonight? A friend of mine's playing there. We can razz him a little bit. Right? Sure, I'll go with. You. So, of course, she needs you me used, to go. You used to go heckling comedians. This this girl did. Okay, and go. she she says, "I know this guy. He's my buddy." So, we walk in the door, and it's it's freaking Sam Kennison is her buddy. All right, so I am dressed. And you're gonna in, heckle Sam. She did that. Yeah, she that probably tore. worked out nice. So I am. Yeah, it didn't work out well for me. <laughs> I I am wearing a. Uh, I have a white leopard print, <laughs> white and black leopard print shirt on with cut off sleeves. I was I was pretty gunned back then. I was not. Uh, anyway, <sighs> she starts in on him, and in, I think by the third the third joke or peck at him, he'd had enough, and he goes. Give me some lights. So next thing I know, there's spotlights on the two of us, and I, I feel like you know, uh, like head, God's head in hand. Yeah, yeah, dude, I want to die. And so he starts ripping her. I mean, she's got spider web tattoos on her on her elbows. This is in the '80s. That wasn't done. Okay, in the '80s, n- nobody had tattoos. Okay, so when he's done with her, then he starts in on me. Oh, and look at this guy. Oh, he walked into a department store and saw that and said, oh, I've got to have that. That is me. I mean, dude, I wanted to crawl underneath the table. Uh, Kinnison was a, a rare bird. Uh, the, my favorite comedian, I mean, live that I ever saw, I saw Robin Williams at the Greek Theater in uh, about 80, uh, 85, 80, somewhere right in there wet your pants funny i mean he the whole elmer fudd thing the just that man it, I, but i met him earlier than that in 83 did you hear the, 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 the i read that uh, robin williams story that was sent in for the six degrees of separation last night no i i didn't get to hear your whole show i only I, I, no, it, it was a new, it was a new york setting but it was just just say as you said uh, raucous raucously yeah, funny i <laughs> I when I first like my second day at entertainment tonight. This is 1982. Okay, I'm I'm there with uh, the camera crew and the and the lady I'm working for, who is the reporter, and uh, she has hired me to work directly for her. I hadn't joined the show yet, so I'm I'm that new. And she goes, "You just wait right here, and uh, we're gonna go see if we can find some stars to interview, and 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 I'll come back for you." So. I'm like, all right, this is a USO celebrates the Olympics, the 1984 Olympics, that's what it was. So I walk into this giant auditorium, and I just sit down in this chair in one of the rows of seating, and there's a guy in front of me, row in front of me, one chair over, and he's got his baseball hat, and he's slouched real down low in his chair, and, and he is just crucifying everybody who walks on the shape. This dude is so funny. He is just making... Uh, uh, we're sitting like the UCLA marching band. Is, they're all... We're waiting. Everybody's just kind of waiting around. And whoever this dude is, he's just tearing him a new asshole. And I, my sides hurt. And finally, I lean, I lean over the chair and I go, dude, you are... And I look at him and I go, 
Robin Williams. Yeah. And like, I said, hey, mister, would you would you mind saying a few words to uh, our, our television crew? And he goes, well, who, what TV show is it? And I said, it's Entertainment Tonight. He goes, can, can you give me a second to call my manager? So he goes and calls his manager. I go and find the camera crew. They couldn't find anybody. I bring them Robin Williams. I'm a superstar. I saved the show. I saved the the bit, the piece. He was fantastic. He comes back. Yeah, my manager says to go ahead and do this. You know, he was a Paramount guy. So right. I mean, it was. <laughs> That's dude, awesome. That guy was. And how long did he go? Obviously, just improv. He probably had some stuff uh, in mind too. But so, he was amazing for improv. Oh, dude. That's. I mean, I just sat and watched him. Yeah, he was. Uh, that's a very unusual thing. Um, he was so good with with audiences he could read an audience and uh um you know there's a lesson to be learned from that frank uh i I know that you have a pretty good handle on your audience you you know who your people are you've got you know your long timers you could look at their names and say i uh i i take that that's really kind of the premise of my if you were to ask me what my show about i would is about i would say it's about the people who watch my show like going out on these tours and going out and meeting these people is it's awesome for me it is i get to know them on a a real level not just they're not just a name not just a picture of somebody wearing one of my shirts this is part of my extended family and uh it is i'm having the time of my i i would love to read something to you that somebody sent me please go ahead so because, I mean, dude, I have a. Here's your audience. Here's my audience. Okay, uh, but that's but all. A lot re- of it's my, all relative. A lot of my audience are people that watch your show. Okay, at least three quarters of them. And I received an email today from this lady who her name is Tracy, and it was, it was, so touching. She she says that uh, she's a lurker, that she, always she's. A long time, quite frankly, viewer, but always lurks. That never gets in the chat room, hmm. and uh, I, for some reason, I can only find the the response I sent to her, which is sad. I wanted to read it. What she what she said in her letter made me. It to me, it represented all of the lurkers. They're out there. Uh, the lurkers are every bit as important as the people who show up in the chat every night, yeah. and. Uh, um, I, I know you realize the value of these people. They're they're every those are the ones who leave comments the next day and the and the under the YouTube thing and uh, getting the opportunity to go around and meet these people and shake their hands. Like today, I met uh, two of my people and I'm meeting a number. And the tomorrow, tomorrow out on Long Island, there is a get together. Um, darn it, I don't have the I don't have the particulars right here in front of me. It's at a place called North Shore. It's at 12 noon, a place called... Gosh darn it, I can't... Anyway. After our next break, I'll have to share it because there's, this is an opportunity. If anybody lives in that out on Long Island and wants an opportunity to come and shake hands with Zoe and maybe go home with a bumper sticker or something, I would love to meet as many people in this area. Well, you know, possible. you're talking about something that's very real and, and just something I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for and I actually reflect on a lot during the show. And... Uh, 
I always think if, if you know, as far as um, audience size, it really is all relative. And obviously, the world would be a lot different for all of us if we weren't fighting censorship in the way that we were. But it, it, no matter what, we were just kind of like the weed that breaks through the concrete, and we're just doing what we got to do. And I, I love it so much because, like you said, in um, in in the way that society has been re re wired for non-human interaction or at least something to, to, to do uh, to interact with people through a, a digital medium it really takes away the fact that oh okay well my oh my video only has 500 views my video only has 50 oh, I only have 75 subscribers and then you start thinking and it's like okay do you remember what seven you know you know what 75 people in a room look like do you understand? I mean, you understand that these video game numbers that people put up are attached most of the time to real people. Yeah, and and that's why I've, I've really spent so much so, so so much time. And I know you do too, in, in your own way of bringing people into the like. That's why I love doing the the, the shows like last night, the Six Degrees of Separation, mm-hmm. because then you see that these are not just screen names. I mean, they also have very rich family histories and. Jeez, it's it's a it's a wonderful learning experience. I I love the uh, the way that you interact with your audience. I, I'm trying to take a lesson from it. Uh, Abe has been tremendously helpful, but the ways you have opened up the avenues for people, they can email you, they can they can the the Reddit thing. You put that up, and people respond to it. The uh, oh, dude, I wanted so now badly we got book club. To, yeah, the book club. <laughs> I wanted so badly with the night you were you were just you just kind of touched upon hitchhiking, and I'm like, oh my god, I've got some great hitchhiking stories, and then you haven't gone back to it yet. So don't forget that one. Come back to well, it. Well, listen, I, hey, I, I won't because I have to get off around eight thirty-five. It's eight oh five now. We have wow. a half hour. All right, because I have to start the book club up. Um, I mean, maybe I can b- push it to 8.40 and start it at 8.50. Either way, I won't take an intermission. Uh, I mean, I, I would love to hear your 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 craziest hitch- hitchhiker story. <laughs> I'd also love to hear, I, I don't know, like, well, like, have you, where's the weirdest place you've had to sleep uh, when you're on the road? Oh, dude. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I've, uh, I've got a number of them. I've got a number of them. I, uh, one night my band was uh, out. Uh, we played a gig. And we're on our way home. It's probably, I don't know, 1.30 in the morning. And we all decided, this is in Los Angeles, we decided to meet at an all-night burger joint called Tommy's. It's this famous chili. Remember the Belushi, uh, Chiburri, Chiburri, no, yeah. uh, that was based on... Cheetah burger. Yeah. So uh, we, <laughs> we decided to meet at Tommy's. And I'm driving in my car, and I run out of gas. And... Everybody else is in the truck with all the other. I got all of the van, uh, van or so. I leave the equipment on the side of the road. What else can I do but thumb? So I'm thumbing up Sepulveda Boulevard. I figure if I can at least get up to to Roscoe, I can catch these guys at the burger joint. We go back and get you know get some gas for the van. And uh, this guy picks me up, and uh, you know he's it's a little teeny tiny Honda, and this is you know Hondas weren't all over the place. They were brand new back then. He starts, every time he shifts, I notice he's kind of like go over touching the side of my leg and eventually, eventually, he says, so, um, you know, it's kind of a nice night. I uh, <laughs> was thinking about going home and, and getting in my hot tub and uh, 
<laughs> smoking a joint and uh, having sex how does, with you. How does how does that sound? Are you uh, you are you doing anything later? And I. I out, thank God. He literally he came <laughs> up to my road. Oh, I got out of the car and I, you know, this was. I, I better watch it because we're on YouTube. But I jumped out and screamed and pointed. You know, hey, yeah, try to rape me. Yeah, I'm just. Well, he's just that trying, guy tried to. He's know, up. He's he, up. He's tr know. he's trying to. He he made oh, his. Dude. He made his best. Best pass. I mean, uh, yeah, and then okay, I mean, there's there's wonderful hitchhiking. I mean, stories. a jacuzzi and, and a and a joint that might have worked on me. <laughs> <laughs> a joint and a hot tub break. That's it. <laughs> there's a uh, there's wonderful hitchhiking stories. I had a 1961 Ford Econoline uh, van and saw two beautiful ladies one day on the side of the road and. Yeah, well, just say things worked out just fine, you know. Remember oh. that? Those, uh, Damn, those, dude, those were the days. I mean, the, the set, late 70s, uh, people were, it was not too far from the 60s where, uh, like, when I talked to my, uh, some of my older friends, as particularly their brothers who were, you know, teenagers in 67 and stuff, you know, 17, 18 years old, they told me, Back in their day, if you saw a pile of naked people, you just jumped in. You, know? <laughs> you ever watch? You ever watch the? Uh, you ever watch the Office? With Steve Carell. Uh, I, you know, I'm, cool. I, I Creed, can't say that I have. Creed Bratton is in it. Uh, he, well, he, I mean, he he plays himself, but it's a character or whatever. He was a he was a, a, a musician in the uh, in the the sixties too. I think he actually played at Woodstock. Oh. In '69, I forgot what what his band is. Wait, wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. I'll, I'll tell you right now because you might know it. Um, Creed Bratton's band. Let's see here. The Grassroots. Creed, okay, sure. Okay. So he he played guitar for the, the Grassroots. Oh, but, no kidding. But he got I he love got that band. He, yeah, he was. Uh, hold on a second. I'll I'll and now I'll just go out and get the damn clip now. Huh. But when he was on the Office, he played this really uh, eccentric character, Creed. Bratton, uh... You're telling me that one of the characters, one of the actors on The Office is a former player in... Grassroots. I'll be damned. Yeah, I never knew that. I would have watched the show for that. Oh, and his his character is, is just wonderful. Um, let me see here. He's uh, gotta be an old bastard by now. Yes. Okay. Hold on. Make... Let me see if I can find this here. Most, uh... I'm not a fan... Oh, here you go. They're talking about homosexual... <laughs> this, this is a gay witch hunt... Um, uh, episode. It's like season three, episode one, where they find out one of their coworkers, Oscar, is gay, and everybody's trying to deal <laughs> deal with it. How do we deal with this? But I love this one. Uh, this one thing he says. Listen to this. I'm not offended by homosexuality. In the '60s, I made love to many, many women, often outdoors, Listen. in the mud, in the rain, and it's possible a man slipped in. Wait. Would be no way of knowing. <laughs> There would be no way of knowing. <laughs> Dude, we are we are we are so we are so screwed up right now. It is so that is beautiful. That is wonderful. Oh, there would be no way of knowing. So, you know, I sent you you one of the one of your other little subreddit or Reddit things that you did is uh you you talked about uh Oh, there was a, a, a bust of somebody that they f somebody bought at a relic store, and it turned out it was this half million dollar from the Roman Empire. Yeah, it was. Uh, you said something about uh, 
I can't remember the exact thing, but so then you said, hey, if anybody has stories about finding treasures in the trash, and I sent you one. I mean, I know you get hundreds of emails a day, so, but I will, I must commend you, man. You're, you're pretty good about answering emails. I, I can't even imagine how you do it because I know how many, just since I started this trip, my emails have quadrupled. I, 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 Listen, I, as, you, as you said before, as far as prioritizing the yeah. people in the audience and knowing what they mean, mm-hmm. it is very important that I get, and now there's sometimes, there's a lot of people, there's some people out there that send me a lot of email, right. and I just have to skim, and sometimes I can't res- respond. Or the, three, even three three words is better than, you know, it's right. in a, I mean, I'm sure you know by now that sometimes I just send you stuff. You, you don't need to respond to me. I know you get it. It's so, all, it's, I, I, I enjoy it. I sent you one that was treasure in the trash. Tell us about it. So I'm working at Paramount Studios, and uh, I'm walking down. Every day I would walk down to the commissary for lunch. And our show was brand new. The Entertainment Tonight is was, uh, we were, this is back in the days. This is, so the show started in 1981. By 1983, Paramount realized what a gem this was. This is a built-in publicity show that people are tuning into every night. They can promote all the Paramounts that there. They brought this little fledgling show under their wing onto the lot. So now we're getting down to business. So we were put in the May West building, and every day we would accumulate probably 100 videotapes a day. Now, this is back in the days when videotapes were three-quarter cassettes. They were in a a case about this big, huge. You get a hundred of those a day, Mm they would fill that couch. Right. In a week, you know, so we were filling up the basement. The basement was full of old memorabilia from old westerns and army movies and, oh, helmets and... Zambezi swords and spears and, and shields and uh, uh, just all kinds of movie memorabilia. One time I went down into the basement with our our movie guy. His name was Leonard Malton, a very famous film historian. And Leonard could walk down there and say, oh my God, this, this was from the 1941 film. He, he could tell you what everything was. But well, Paramount decided, you know what? This old junk is worthless. We're throwing it away. And we're just going to put shelves in an entertainment and I can fill the basement with all their tapes. Hmm. I'm walking by the dumpster. And I look down and I look. There's a bunch of army crap and trash. And I see these spears, a bunch of spears. And I look and I see one of them is different. It's not a like a, you know, an Indian spear or a... African spear. This is things weird. It's gold and it's got this weird can opener looking thing to it. So, halfway down to the commissary, I'm thinking about what I want for lunch and I'm just about to open the door and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that fucking spear. That's, that's from Star Trek. I run back. I pull it out of the dumpster and it is. I even sent you a picture of this. Episode, this episode 66, The Gamesters of Triskelion. Uh, if you look at look in your email under Treasure in the Trash and you can pull it up, I sent you an email with, dude, so this was the one, the Star Trek episode, the TV, 60s TV show where there was this hot blonde babe and they all had these little necklaces around their neck and there was like, they could turn on a light here and it would choke them. And uh, they had a big battle with these spears, and I, 
I found this thing. I brought it. I pulled it out of the trash. I brought it up to my office, and I stored it there. And then one night I was friends with one of the guards, and he helped me slip it off the lot. And I hung it in my living room, and it, it was there for several years. What happened? So you still have it? Because I, re- I remember it's the... It's a email. very sad story, Frank. Okay. One day, there is a upcoming Star Trek convention, and old Zoe is dead broke and needs to move, and uh, didn't have any money. I needed first and last, and I needed it and how. So I took the spear to the Star Trek convert. Uh, where they're they're having they were having an auction and it was the last item auctioned off so here's the thing i can't as a paramount employee i can't run up to the guy with a microphone and say this is the real deal i got this is from the tv show 25 years ago i got this at paramount studios i it's a real this is it would have gone for fifty thousand dollars um but you just I'll tell you this when they just held it up for people to look at a rumble came over the audio everybody started little does the guy know the guy who bought it for 700 bucks little does he know he got the real thing it's to, to, to this day to this day he, he mean, might he might have thrown it out uh, <laughs> after all those years I don't think so those trekkies are some of the most Oh my God, they're un- they're unbelievable. Oh man, well, unbelievable. It's, I, well I can't. For some reason, I cannot find your original email with the. And I checked the trash well, okay, too. Okay, so it's if nowhere. you look, if you look, just Google the Gamesters of Triskelion. T R I S K E L I O N. Got it. And you'll see. Just look at images, and you're going to see this gorgeous blonde chick with huge hooters, and she's got this spear, and she's holding it up to. Kirk's neck. Oh, wait a second. Hold on a second. Is this... Uh... This is one of the sexiest episodes is that ever. It? Is that it? That's it. That's the spear. That's the spear. And that's... Ooh, ooh. This is the episode that Kirk got laid in, by the way. By her? Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> that's, I, I commend him. I'm not, not uh, for the hair. Yeah, but I still. had one of those. There were three of them made, and I had one of those. I could, I could kick myself in the butt. I don't know why. Man, and, and it, 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 did it kill those guys in the background? Yeah. Uh, yeah well, so there was, you, you can see some else in that picture. Somebody's holding one. Uh, yeah, one of them got broken during the filming of the, the episode. Um, it's, it was crazy. I remember reading about the prop master for that show. His name was Fritz. Look at those props. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame Kirk. You know, it's it's the way they showed it. it, it <laughs> I must have sex with this alien immediately. It, it shows him zipping up his boot when he's all done. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Go, it, go it was, back and watch that. It up. was the least suggest- suggestive thing to zip up. <laughs> uh, let me put my boots back on. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was my treasure in the trash story. I, I have all the all the mistakes I've made that. Oh man, that thing would be so valuable. My gosh. Well, that's okay. So that we got we got a. Uh, a hitchhiking story from yep. you. We've got these treasure in the trash. Oh, dude. I, t- I love what you do with your little thing. What, what are your upcoming... Where First of all, where do you dream these things up? Me, what? 
your oh. your topics. I you sit there and just kind of, Lauren. What do you think about this? What do we do? I, mean, I don't know. Uh, you know what it is? It's it's really it, it's a matter of if I'm reading something, I'll see. Oh, oh, oh this this character is in a precarious position. If I'm watching something on television, I, you know, I always tell myself, um, I, you know, I don't have any time to watch movies, and and I have this. I have to start doing it more often because whenever I sit down and watch a movie with Lauren, even if it's a classic I haven't seen in a while or something I haven't seen at all, uh, I'm always pa- – and it must be annoying to Lauren sometimes, but I'm always pausing along the way or writing myself emails. I mean, it, things just – trigger um i mean does that happen you'll be in the middle of something and you and you'll say stop the movie for a minute and you make a little note i'm well, going to do a story Is yeah that how it works oh well that, uh, sometimes i'll just like i don't want sometimes i don't want to be an inconvenience to everybody so i will just <laughs> i'll miss something because i'm writing myself an email but i i gotta it's it's one of those things man it's uh really interesting uh yeah. i that i and of course you just follow your interests lie and my interests mostly lie way outside of the news cycle. Mm. I, I mean, you have to you have to deal with that just because. You know, one, one of my all-time favorite, quite frankly, things that you did was the. Uh, remember Potato Jesus? Yes, <laughs> dude. Potato Jesus. I am not kidding you. I sent for those of you newer people who don't remember that one. So there was a woman who tried to that one of there was an old painting of Jesus that had uh, gone south over the years and so they brought instead of bringing in a real artist to recreate this photo they, they had just some woman yes and she destroyed this she destroyed hold on here here I'll bring, well the reason why I brought up potato Jesus is because I wanted people to know what had happened um, because it had happened again yeah her name I, was Giselle so, yeah yes exactly you, you you the night you brought it up it was probably two years ago uh somebody had done it and then you said but that's not bad because the real bad one was about seven years ago and that was potato jesus well look here it is okay oh, you have it i don't no it's i don't have my my bit that i did because it's right. one of those videos that i, I deleted. Yeah, i'm sure yeah, but, yeah i mean the episode's still out there yeah but still um I, i'm going to show you what what <laughs> what triggered me uh i because i had to go and i had to show people what potato jesus was <laughs> yeah. And some people call it monkey Jesus because of uh, whatever. But oh, wait, hold on. Uh, pray to the pray to the potato. Wait, what is the original? I want to see what the original. All right. Hold on a second. Wait. I was able to find it. I wrote like disfigurement of religious uh, painting. Or okay. Something. Oh, this is perfect. All right. Now here we go. This is what made me say, oh, well, that's not uh, even as bad as this. Experts call for regulation after the latest botched art restoration in Spain. This was back in uh, Bartolome Esteban Murillo's original work on the left. Two attempts at restoring it, and you see it on the right. I, I guess it's the... Wait, we're not seeing it. I, I, I'm going to put it up. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I think that it's the... Oh, yeah. It is the Immaculate Conception. So it's, oh, is it's, that what it was? it's the Blessed Virgin. So on the left, you're going to see the original. And then on the right, you're going to see the progressively worse <laughs> restorations, and, and and there there it is right there. No. Oh, yeah. So that's the on the left is the original, and then the restorations on the side. But, but this is the one you said. This isn't as bad as the the potato Jesus. It's one. It was nowhere near. Oh my god. As bad or as infamous 
as oh. the the res- the restoration of the Jesus portrait. Oh, that one made me wet my pants. Frank, I took the I, when you ready for it? Coat. Hold on, you got oh, one. I have it. Oh it's the Je- the Jesus fresco. I'm going to die. And ready on the left once again is the original, and on the right is now what we are living with: pota- <laughs> potato Jesus. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a <laughs> the worst, worst restoration job ever. Frank, the night, the night that you aired that, whatever it was, two years ago, I first I sent it to my brother, and he wrote, and I go, Bob, what do you, and uh, uh, it's because code, code man, showed man, he clipped it for the weekend show, right. and so I sent the clip to my brother, and he goes. Dude, who is this guy? He is fucking funny. I go, Bob, you need to watch this guy's show. I have since sent it to... I sent that to like 20 people. I think they're all, quite frankly, viewers. I hope, I hope they're still with me. Oh, my God. It is great. Uh, but, but, you know, that's, yeah, that's the other thing, uh, Zoe. These are the kinds of things, the little pieces of history that, 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 that began and will live forever on the Internet. Like, people... This is, this is something that took the... That, that's a meme right there. The, the potato Jesus face has been cropped out and put onto other pictures so many times to to become a meme for something that has gone horribly awry. (laughs) You know? I want to... I want to have a shirt made of it just so I can walk. Hey, you know what? It's the internet. Let me see. Hold on. (laughs) Potato Jesus shirt. And they exist. No. Look, hold on, hold on. Look, there's, there's, there's. I just found a. Oh my God. What's it called? Redbubble.com. I w- oh yeah. No, I get shirts by Look, them. It's an entire. It's all potato Jesus. Oh my God! You can already get it. Look, oh, there's man. an Andy Warhol potato w- Jesus shirt. I would wet my pants. I don't. I swear to God, Frank. The night you did that, I, I, I my sides hurt. I laughed so hard. <laughs> that was a great. That was a great one. Oh. Hey, um, I know it. I know we only have a precious few minutes left. Uh, you got a, like a water dispenser on here? Oh, sure. I, I mean, if you want to go out to the green room, there's a water dispenser right there. While you do sure. that, I'll get started with all the super chats. All righty. So there's Zoso Dude is going to go water down, and I'm going to go into the super chats for everybody because I'm sure they'll be coming in here. Well, for, and I have so many stories that we don't even need them anymore. Maybe I'll do them tomorrow night on the show and just take calls on that. Captain Castiron says, hey, happy Friday, Frank and Zoso, dude. You guys are great. I love listening to you guys. God bless. Thank you, Captain Castiron. Stostub says, Zoso in the Frankly House. Nice. Great Friday. Gents, a little extra for Amazing Grace. Wonderful holiday weekend to all Franklys out there. Thank you so much, Stostub. And I cannot wait to send all this money off to the foundation. And uh, Revolution, an hour ago, says there's nothing so-so about a show that features Zoso Dude. But does the take-your-pants-off dress code apply to his biker chaps? Yeah, he already took off the chaps, so he's done his part. (laughs) Um, Does it apply? Yes. Happy Friday, Frank, once more for Angel Grace. Thank you, Revolution. Incompetent Hand says, hey, Frank, wanted to give to the Grace Charity. Have a lot of purple, uh, um, have a lot of purple and or black streetlights in my area. It's just that, hey, have you seen any of those on the road? Uh, Zoso dude. What, what is that now? The the street lights either in, in oh they were black lights in like Georgia and uh, East Coast. You, so uh, you have seen them? Yes, I have. Yes, okay, I, have. Uh, I actually saw them in is not Michigan, Montana, Montana. I saw the infrared. Yeah, the ones that they're trying to claim are 
malfunctioning gas or something. No, right. there's something awry there. There's something well, I thank you so ominous. much, incompetent hands, for bringing that up, and also wonderful. Um, I, I can't wait to send this off. We have blown past the $500 threshold for me matching the um, the gift, so it's it's going to be a, a really nice gift to uh, the Shara family and their foundation. Sunshine Girl says, for sweet grace, that is an hour ago, and that's that's all we have there. Thank you, guys and gals, so much. On to the Rumble. We have Selling the Farm says, what a treat. Keeping it going. Love this show. Thank you, Selling the Farm. And on Pilled, boy, oh, boy. On Pilled, we have a cookie war that has started from Belushi. <laughs> Doug Simmy, thank you. Dr. Hoffman says, so great to see our traveling Zoso dude. Salty Nuts says, Zoso sounds better now uh, than ever in his own studio. Well, that's... Now, that's saying something. Well, I'll let you know. Just take note of the microphones. <laughs> just, I'm going to make notes. Yes, I will. You know what really, you know what really saved this room, Zoso? When we first moved in here in 2015, this ceiling was actually about three and a half feet taller. Actually, behind this drop ceiling is a couple of decommissioned ceiling fans and all that. It used to be an echo box. So we were trying to figure out what we... So we convinced the... the uh, the, um, I said, listen, I'll, I'll give you two more years on our lease if you come in here and drop the ceilings. Oh, yeah. And I said, it's totally fine because I don't want to move again. And they dropped the ceilings. They put the cork up there. That deadened the sound in here. We got better oh, microphones. Yeah. It's good. I, I put this in, in every office here. It's fantastic for killing sound. So there's Salty Nuts. Salty Nuts says, Zoso sounds. Okay, there you go. Again, he keeps tell, talk, telling you how amazing you sound. Sean Joe, <laughs> P-Quest, Kitty Wu, uh, Winston Dave, Prayer Warrior Girl, Tupe De Lupe. Oh, wait, wait, Lupe De Lupe. I'm sorry. I thought that was a T. Uh, Belushi, The Shit Show. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Those are great guys. K. Roney, 400 to Frank and Zoso. Oceanified says, hi, Frank. Love when you get to hear you twice on Friday. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be going live again in just about 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> Patriot Games says, miss those long road trips. Jason Blocker, if Zoso comes through southwest Utah, he can crash at my place near Zion National Park. Beautiful. Jason Blocker lives with a possum. Do you mind that? I'm sorry. He, he lives with an, a, a, a possum. He has a possum for a... <laughs> I well, you're crazy about possums, aren't you? Yeah, he's got a. Would you Would you be okay staying in a house with one? Oh, absolutely. Would you let it sit on your lap? Is it like tame? I tame enough, I guess. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have. It wouldn't bother me in the slightest. You'd let you let it. I, I like wild animals. It's you know, hairless. Pretty... It's hairless tail. <laughs> caress your thighs. You um, fine with that? <laughs> I've I've had. Uh, one of the most interesting things, I knew a lady who had a raccoon. Who I knew a lady a who had a hairless tail. <laughs> well, there was something I wanted. I was hoping we could get into before this is all over. Was, uh, are, are you? You have a few more to to shout out there, or are we? Okay, let me just get through then. Yeah, one second. Hold that thought. Neo, love you, Zoso, Zobro, and Franco. Great oh my show. Goodness. Sean Joe Stow Stoops says safe travels. Zoso, great Friday, Frank. Put in fl uh, put in hollow. Thank you. Sean Joe, Put in Hollow, Rook Castle, Stostube, all a bunch. They're killing me with these cookies. It's amazing. Uh, Doug Simmy, Stostube. Did someone mention Cookie Fight? Then Stostube and Dr. Hoffman and Sean Joe and Doug Simmy, and they're just killing each other with cookies. I'm going nuts right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cave Toad says, I see the black lights all the time in Minnesota, curiously only at intersections, but don't buy the, uh, I don't buy the manufacturing error. 
Woke Society says, can, uh, a can for Zoso. Keep crushing it, Frank. Thank you, Woke. Oh, man. He's wonderful. They're all are. Put they in Hollow, great. wonderful show. And then Cave Toad, more for Zoso. What a hoot. All right. You know, I, I hate to, to cut you all off, but I want to be able to shout you all out uh, in due time. And we have just crushed it with the, the pills tonight. So I'm, I'm releasing the scratching because I have to start a new stream in a little while. Um, so go. So what you're saying about the the lady and the whatever? Well, uh, no, I was going to say one one topic I wanted to touch on before. If if I I'm please, not, I'll never have this opportunity again. Why not? Well, maybe I will. Maybe I will. I, I mean, mean, dude, this is this. Frank, I consider this to be quite an honor. You've had people like Kurt Schilling on here. You've had, uh, dude. This is a respectable show. I am. Honored to be here. I am I'm, on, I'm honored to be called respectable. <laughs> but so let me take your show into the toilet then, because yeah. you know what bothers me? What? Uh, and, and this is what I wanted you to discuss this with you, because you're probably exactly one generation younger than me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Frank, in my lifetime, when we look at things like Playboy magazines and stuff like that, right? Yeah. You probably. I don't know how old how old were you when you f- saw your first Playboy? Uh, man, probably middle school. You know, and you know where we found a lot of a lot of print porn. Oddly enough, just in random places in the woods. You ever have those weird those? That's weird where I found my first. Just random I was, places. I was nine years old. My brother was a year and a half younger than me, and blowing out in the. I, I'm like, what's that? I walk over to it tits. and the, I open it up and the, back in the, this is so this is 1967. There was this thing called Bunny Money and I remember I tore it out and you know and I'm looking, I'm looking at these pictures. I have never seen a naked woman before mm. and I am intrigued to say the least. So my brother runs home and tells my mom that I'm looking at a magazine of naked women and the and then my. My mom, of course, tells my dad this over the dinner table, and so, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, but what, but what, ha- what happened to you? Oh, he was pissed. I mean, oh, you want to see bare butts? I'll tell you about what it was like in the sir. I mean, just he. My dad tried to, you know, divert the whole thing. I committed but. a double sin with the first, the first Playboy I ever owned, because um, we stole it. We stole it. There, yeah. we, we saw we saw a Playboy. I don't know. It was like from 1998 or 99. We went to a bookstore. I'm looking at all the Star Wars. Then all of a sudden, there's a there's a Playboy. All college girls. Blah blah blah. And we were, we you know we're in eighth grade, and we slipped it into our book bag and okay. we, we stole it. So did your mom find it? Uh, maybe years later. Okay. I I, I I accrued a couple more after that. But uh, I I was over at my friend's garage. This is several years later, and his dad had two extensive <laughs> magazine collections in the garage. One was Popular Mechanics and the other was Playboy. So I would open up a Popular Mechanics and then inside of that, I would be going through the Playboys with just... Boy, he he sure spends a lot of time in your dad's garage, you know, and I'm just like... You know, projects. <laughs> yeah. Just, just me in there looking at... Boy, are you really that interested in popular mechanics at 12 years old? Absolutely. Anyway, uh, so, in my lifetime, Frank, I have witnessed... Okay, so I remember when women first started, like, shaving down there. They would, like, in... It was, like, mid-90s. They started shaving them into a little heart. 
Oh yes, the land okay. and the landing strips. Yeah, and then and then and then the Hitler mustache. So, so yes, it went from it went from a heart to the landing strip to now, <laughs> thanks to Gillette and Schick and everybody, people think that these things need to be shorn like a like a sheep, and. I just think that there's something wrong with it, and I, I want you to address it on your program. Well, I, mean, I want you to put it in your Reddit. I think people need to talk about this. I have no problem. <laughs> okay, here, here's what I'm saying. I, I have. Uh, I'll put it to you this way. I have no problem with a little bit of a hack down. Just at least hack it down a little bit. I don't listen. It has to. Doesn't have to be uh, waxed clean. Doesn't have to be. Por- it doesn't have to be porpoise smooth. It doesn't. It, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't really judge. But. Take out the hedgers, every every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> so, I don't. So here's the thing, Frank. I I gotta say this, and I mean this. I am. I am turned off by a clean shaven snatch. It it to me, it's it's pornographic. It is it's pedo, it's pedophilic or whatever. It it it's like. It was like me changing the diapers on my little tiny girl when I when I first used to help mom by doing the diapers. Yeah. It's it's there's something wrong with that to me. Okay? When a woman matures, a couple of things happen. There is these Mammalian protuberances and all okay. of a sudden. Okay. All right. A, well, listen. I. I oh, well, let me. We gotta let, go. No. I well, well. Yeah. We have to go. <laughs> yeah. But I, I. But before we go, I have to focus this at least uh, down a little bit more. Can we agree that there is nothing wrong with? Okay. It, what we're talking about is the um, the lower abdomen area. Yes. Okay. The kind of the the, the crowning area right there. Right. But the sideburns. And the tailpipe, that's, <laughs> no, that's, no, we can, we can, agree with we can no. clean that up, right? I, uh, dude, I, I dated a Dutch girl All once. Right. Sideburns and, and tailpipe. She had a, oh my God, I've never, I was like, holy Hannah, you need right. a chainsaw down there. Okay. But, so that is wrong. I All mean, right. that, that needs some help. Okay. But, but to the fact that they've changed society to the point where women think that's the way it's supposed to be now and i i just think that that's so wrong it's like you know what else grosses me out what i i I don't approve of thongs okay it's like christmas morning and you wake up and somebody's already unwrapped the present Uh, there's no i know there's no surprise anymore it's all there when you can go bink i know I, I'm sorry. Listen, I, I you under, know what? I, Things were more exciting when I was a kid. I understand, and, and I, the, the way it was put to me is, I understand how they were. Uh, they are in a as a fashion utility. If you don't want, if you're wearing something and you don't want lines of your your undergarments showing up, then okay. But as far, I don't know how anybody could be comfortable in them. Your ass is sweating, rubbing against each other all day. Uh, if you're sitting down in a thong, what the hell's that? Do I mean, it, you're you're. Why such, even bother? Yeah, because because then whatever the hell your pants are is your underwear. I, th- I think chicks look sexy in those little boy short things, I think, Yeah, that's know? it. Yeah, it's okay to be cheeky. Cheeky's fine. It, it, yeah, oh, no, I like Because I like it's not going to be on for long anyway. I, I like those little French cut ones that kind of go up on a 45-degree angle. Yeah, those are, well, those why are, didn't we start talking about this 25 damn. minutes ago? i got to go. This is, this is good, <laughs> no, this is no, good I stuff. I want you to open this up in your, one of your Reddit things that people can add. I want to okay. know what the consensus is out there in the world. Is there something wrong with... Having a little pelt down there? Uh, a little pelt? I don't think there's anything wrong with it right. at all. 
I, I understand. It is. Uh, it's. What I, I, understand I what think you're it's wrong that they that that. Uh, uh, well, anyway, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. There's I, other things. Hey, let me let me also just put on to the record. I I don't for for me. I, I I don't I would never if I I don't I would never wear a thong if I were a woman because I just I think practically about things but for me I have never complained when I saw one I I, I never be like oh you wear thongs oh, get out of here so that, that's that's never happened so that's certainly never happened so no, I certainly mean, not I, I, but dude yeah. get back to New York sometime soon <laughs> yeah I love to do and call in every once in a while I even will. Skype in every once in a while we can do that so I unfortunately I got uh, yeah I'm gonna have to give you my Skype number so you recognize me I got I got kicked off a of discord Never even got a chance to defend myself. Uh, I've tried this gilded thing. I'm just not having much luck with it. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah, figure it out. I will. Give I will. everybody, give everybody a uh, a farewell and oh, and where to, and where to find you. Go okay. ahead. So one big thing I need to point out is tomorrow there's going to be a major there's going to be a major Zoso gathering. My dear brother, where is it? Uh, Bruce Q Wayne is putting something together. Uh, over on Long Island, and he's texted me the he's texted me the address here. Let me grab this. Come on, come on, work for me. Oh, God, this is frustrating. Come on, phone. Here we go. Here we go. We might have something. We might have something. Here it is. Okay, it is called the Lark. The Lark Pub and Grub, 93 Lark Field Road, East Northport on Long Island. Okay. The Lark The Lark Pub and Grub at twelve noon tomorrow. So if any of you guys want to come over and hang with your brother so I'd love to meet you. I'd love to have a picture taken with you. Just just give you some goodies, some bumper sticks or whatever. That is one thing. But dude, I have to thank the incredible people that I have my trip, Frank, has been funded exclusively by my sailors. They have I, I I've never really asked people to donate. They just some of them do sometimes. Wonderful people do do uh, super chats. You know, I I actually still get YouTube super chats, Frank. You remember those good oh, old days? Oh man, I, remember I, those days? Yeah, I lost those but, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, oh, like two weeks ago, just before I left for the first time ever, I asked. I said, "Do you, do you think you guys could help me out? My people have gone over the top, man. It makes me want I'm." I am so touched. I am so touched, and they just keep it coming. More have happened during this show. I just want everyone to know how much I love you, and I'm going to be putting some. Uh, I'm going to make a commemorative uh, mug. It's going to have a picture of me at uh, Niagara Falls on one side and uh, Mount Rushmore on the other. And I'm going to send that to everybody who donated to me because my people made this happen. I want to come back, Frank. If, you, if you'll you have will. me, you I'd will. love to have you back. Yeah, we'll, 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 back. We will work it out for sure. And, and and I'll make sure that I have your YouTube channel linked inside of the episode description. And you have a good time. And uh, and thank you for, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for the super chats. And I'm going to stop this stream right now, but I will be back on on QuiteFrankly.tv and on DLive in about eight minutes from now with Timothy Gordon to do. It, this was a very, very jam-packed week as far as the this 
this this this segment of the book. Very high action. I can't wait to talk about windswept house. But Zoso, I could have done this for another three hours. <laughs> three hours wouldn't have been enough, my friend. Freaking great hanging with you, All right, brother. man. I'll talk to you soon. Thank Thanks you so, so much for everything. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been hanging with me and Zoso. And that's it for this this uh, the regular work week. I will see you tomorrow night. And... Um, at 10 o'clock, and who knows what we'll discuss. Probably all the news that I'm so happy we didn't do tonight. I just had some things that we can chew up if we needed it, but we didn't need anything. So tomorrow, see what happens. We'll see you then. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now, our super chatter, starting with, at the top of the pile, Captain Cast Iron, Stostube, Revolution, Incompetent Hands, Sunshine Girl, Revolution Again, and I think that's it. Thank you all so much. Thank you to everybody on Rumble, everybody on Pilled. You have completely overwhelmed us with love tonight. And uh, I will see you in just a few moments on QuiteFrankly.tv and on DLive. So don't go anywhere.